0: Hey there, it's DM Scott. That's right, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you, the chubby guy wearing the This is How I Roll t-shirt. Why don't you ditch that ratty old t-shirt that's two sizes too small for you? Where'd you get that? Baby Gap? Head on over to our Merchant More store on our epic new website. Grab yourself some Dungeon Masters Dojo logo wear. You won't regret it. Rock that t-shirt like the nerd boss you are. It's sleek and it's black and everyone knows that black is slimming. Hell. I look like a slender 3XL when I'm wearing this black shirt. Not only will you look deceptively less chunky, but with that bold red and white logo, you look like a superhero, and who doesn't want to look like a superhero? So head on over to the Dungeonmastersdojo.com merchant more to fill your bag with our
1: swag. See you next time in the Dojo. The shopkeeper, as she's packing her supplies, looks at you and says, "That'll be three gold, please. Three gold." I attack. What? Yeah, I attack. Three gold is way too
0: much. Freaking murder hobos. We're talking difficult players and how to deal with them this week on the Dungeon Masters Dojo.
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters, as well as experienced and new players alike. We hope to bring you the tools needed to not only be a great GM, but to help you develop as a player. I'm your host, Louis Zappante. Our stars of the show are Scott Labby and Bill Robotile. Let's enter the dojo and see what both Bill and Scott have in store for us today. Bill, Scott, how you guys doing?
0: Fantastic. You freaking attacked her. Yeah. Three gold is way too much. You bought a tent. It's ten gold in the player's that, handbook. You should see me at the mall. I don't Ugh. want to see you at the mall.
2: <laughs> Last time I saw you at the mall, you fired somebody. We don't talk about that. It,
0: it actually, I'm surprised it took so long. <laughs> let's let's move on to the show. So we're
2: talking about problem players. I can think of a, more than a few. How do you handle
1: them? <laughs> more than a few? That was gracious. Yeah, That was There's beautifully a, gracious. There is a long line.
0: <laughs> yeah, a long line of problem players I've encountered in my tenure as a dungeon master. Um, and, and you've actually been there for many of them. And the cause of many of them.
2: I wouldn't say many, maybe one or two. <laughs> There's a couple that come to
0: mind that, that stand to the forefront. Yes, yes. You'll know who you are. Paragons. paragons of problem players (laughs) they wrote the book on it
2: so let's talk about the hijacker
0: yeah the hijacker uh the hijacker is that player that does everything i mean everything and their power to take over the flow of the game they rob other players of their enjoyment with their foolishness they don't take the game seriously they come up with ridiculous backstories and are generally a disruption so I they mean, hijack the game. Yeah, yeah so that's what yeah, they
2: just, do. Just, so what do you do yeah. to bring them back in line? Oh, there's uh
1: Now, I've been told I can no longer you hit them with my cane. No, I'm I'm going to let Bill start this off
0: first because <laughs> I know his methods are a lot more draconian than mine. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll go in
1: hard with the bad cop, and
0: then I'll good cop it up afterwards when Bill's done.
1: Y- yeah, um, let's... First off, I will look him square in the eye and go, let's pause you right there. Um, I I don't take any shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, A- guys.
0: Angry dad face.
1: Yeah. Um, I give him that disappointing look. Yep. You know, belt's like, coming off. Like when your grandfather looks at you when you said something really stupid and he just kind of like looks over the brim of his glasses at you with that disappointing look and that Barely perceptible nod. It's my and entire forth. childhood, Bill. Yeah, my yeah, entire childhood.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he mimics it very well. I, I, he? I,
1: I use this at work, and people go, "You know, I felt like I was just bitch slapped by my grandfather, and and I can't do or say anything. Don't do that to me." Yeah, just I, I'll pause him and go, "You know, pull him hey, you know, dude, you need to to reel it in a little bit.' If that doesn't work, let's say you say, what are you doing? This is what you're doing,' and this is the circumstances that are going, you know, that you're causing. Everyone needs a, a time at the table, all right? This is not the let's get up here and stare at me for two, three hours for the game session show, all right? Let's knock the shit off. Uh, pardon my language, I will go to a gradient repercussion for the PC. If that doesn't work, they're going to say or do something stupid. Um, uh, very oftenly in character, I will. Allow that to happen and say, okay, that's what you did. If people act really, really idiotic at the mall or on the street, people are going to notice. And eventually someone in charge is going to notice and they're going to come over and go knock it off. Well, I remember that being one of
2: your rules, whereas whatever you said at the table, if you didn't say out of character first, actually happened.
1: Yes, and actually that will come up later on in one of these other ones um, that we're going to go over. But the first thing I usually do with the hijacker is use a gradient repercussions. And as they continue to do it, those repercussions are going to become more and more serious for the player character. At the end of the gaming session, or sometimes in the middle, if it becomes really, really problematic, I'm going to pull them aside and say, okay, knock it off. All right, this is what you're doing. I'm not going to put up with it. If you keep it up, I will excuse you from the game. It's it's as simple as that. It is. I'm pretty hardcore when it comes to a lot of when we go over the stuff we go over. He's right. I am very draconian. If I if my cane's within reach, you're getting hit with it. Um I, I don't take I don't take any crap at my table. Um, I don't allow it. And I shut it down immediately and usually with a semi forceful hand.
0: The the hijacker can oftentimes get Allies on board too. When they're when they're hijacking, it's it's um it becomes bedlam. You mob know? mentality. Yeah, mob mentality. Yeah. I'll I'll usually start by pulling one of the um more respected, I guess, players aside and going, "Hey, man, can you help me kind of keep them on the straight and narrow? Can you kind of help rein them in and you know get them back on on task? Sometimes that's all that is necessary, but." Other times, you really, I mean, if it persists, you have to have those conversations. Sometimes I think it happens out of boredom. Yeah. You know, they may be bored. They may not be getting um, what they really want out of out of the game. You know, maybe there's somebody that came in after you established a session zero. A lot of times with these problems, I think it might be uh, an issue with bad habits that they developed at other tables. The only time... We have ever really encountered these sort of problematic players is when we get new players in that aren't used to uh sitting at our gaming
1: tables. Right. Yeah, we we have a a large group, very large group uh, compared to some others, but they are all established. They everyone knows everyone else. Everyone knows their foibles. Um several of them actually will have persona very close to what we're talking about this evening. But everyone knows how to deal not with it. Not Lou, though. Lou oh. is not a hijacker. Yeah, Lou is not a hijacker, yes. He has yes, many
0: yes. things at the gaming table, but disruptive and problematic he is not.
1: Say that again with a straight face.
0: But disruptive and problematic he is not. <laughs> he's never been never been a problem.
2: <laughs> well thank you, Scott. A problem he's been, though. He's been he's been entertaining Di- as all yeah, hell, but he's never
1: I, I don't know. The disruptive thing is a little uh, gray, yeah. <laughs> but
0: that's one of our huge benefits i think bill is that we've we've got like 16 players that sit at our tables and they could go from your table to my table and vice versa yep and pretty much settle in and we know what to expect from them they know what to expect from us not every dm has that luxury that we have Well, by no means you know and it's it's pretty luxurious honestly to to have that and i believe in the communication part you know explain to them hey it's what you're doing is making it difficult for the other players at the table to really enjoy the game, and that's and that's not cool. And maybe they don't realize that they're doing it. Maybe it's just something they've done at the other table. Well, like
1: I said, you know, bad habit. And, you know, the other everyone else was just kind of sitting there quiet, and they're just like, all right, there's all this dead air. I'm going to run with it. Yeah. And, and that's what they do, and that's what they do. And now they've gone to a table that actually has people that want to play, and there is no dead air, and they're still, you know, jumping up there, jumping up there, jumping up there, so –
0: yeah, you know, whenever you have a kender character show up at your gaming table, keep an eye on the kender character because usually, usually that's the big excuse for I'm just going to I'm going to mess with shit. I'm going to be all your chaotic neutral kender. Yes. Like, come on, dude. You see that at the table, you immediately pull that player aside and go, "Do not be doing a lot of foolishness to hijack the game because I'm watching."
1: Good call. Very
2: good call. So I guess the the next person we will talk about is um the
1: lone wolf. The Lone Wolf hmm that person that is forgets that there are like there's four more other people at the table, uh, wander off and do their own thing, uh, violate what's been classically the number one rule of table, RPGs, and that's don't split the party." Uh, in fact, the definition of the word "party escapes them altogether, and they do everything all by themselves and and usually end up dead. Or getting everybody else close to dead. Uh, yeah, when they come and try to save their yeah. wandering butt. But yeah. Okay, so I guess I'm going first again. Why not? Yeah. Sure. You are the most experienced. Uh, I, I, okay. And demeanor of the two. Okay, <laughs> when they take off, yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's definitely it. <laughs> All right, when they take off on their own, make life difficult, make it so they don't want to be out alone. Uh, put them in a spot that requires the rest of the party or at least one other to help overcome. And if that doesn't work and or that person decides to ally with them, they take off by themselves. Back them in the corner and leave them there. It's basically an in-game timeout. Uh, if you're going to take off by yourself, okay, you're by yourself. But I'm not running the entire table for you. I'm running for the majority. So if you take it by yourself and you fall into a pit and you're trying to get out, okay, what are you going to do? Oh, well, I'm going to yell. okay, I'll let you know when that works and I'll go back to the rest of the table and literally leave them there 15, 20 minutes of gameplay and they're like, "Well, I want to, well, I'm sorry, you're in a pit right now. Uh no one's heard you. We'll get back to you in a minute." Very real. Well, what 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 am um, I supposed to do? Um you're supposed to stay with the party. Are you with the party? Nope. Is there anyone there to haul you out? Nope. Then sit there. We'll get to you in a minute.
0: Yeah, don't pull your punches. You know, if you no. have if you have a in a you know a large encampment of goblins or whatever have you, somewhere in the woods, and they decide to strike out on their own and happen upon it, don't pull your punches. I mean, this is your decision that you've made. If if the dice dictate that you um you end
1: up dead and on a spit, then then so be it. You know, or or if they want to be themselves, they want the highlight. Okay, draw out the agony, torture them. I'm not condoning killing everyone that runs off by themselves. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. Well, you know, what the. uh, Hello? That's the character. Uh, My name's Bill. My name's Bill. Have we met? Torture the character, (laughs) not the player.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, for some, when you torture the character, you torture the
1: player. Oh, Oh, there's a clarification there. Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah. Torture the. The character, not the player. Um, But, yeah, uh, there's going to be circumstances. um, And if a scenario or an encounter is set up for a party and they roam onto it by themselves, then guess what? You're dealing with it by yourself. It's called consequences. Yeah. Yes. And you're going to hear that word a lot during this particular segment.
0: Yep. Yeah, there's choices and consequences. Uh, You know, it it may be of benefit to you and certainly the player to let the lone wolf know. Just remind them uh tabletop rpgs whether dungeons and dragons or something else they're cooperative games yes and cooperative means what bill cooperation right yeah so that means working with other people you know so striking out on your own that's not cooperative
1: cooperative let's see the first two letters co means yeah. more than one <laughs> mr lone wolf
0: so sometimes they need needing a reminder. You know they're inspired by the likes of the Punisher and Wolverine. You know those guys that don't need anybody else. They're going to strike out on their own and start uh, opening up cans of whoop ass on people. And it, it's great in the comic books, but it doesn't always happen that way at the gaming table. Sometimes, sometimes you end up in in a really tough spot on the spit. On the spit. Uh, on the spit. On yep. the spit. And and you
2: are a uh, a high calorie food item for the Goblin tribe. yummy with sweet and sour sauce so we're gonna take a we'll go to our next one the power gamer the power gamer yeah these guys now the power gamer
0: the power gamer can be problematic sometimes sometimes it's not always a thing so the the power gamer it's that individual that um they want to win at dungeons and dragons that's their aim you know they're gonna win they're statted out to the max uh, sometimes a little suspiciously. Sometimes mm. your power gamer is going to look for that red tape or those loopholes. You know They're going to kind of fiddle around with them and go, well, they
1: don't necessarily say I can't do yeah, this. Stack a few things that you really shouldn't or yeah. couldn't be stacked.
0: They'll hoard magic items even when they know someone else needs it. They are directly in competition, not only with the DM, but with other players at the table. Cooperative gameplay, Kind of escapes them they're they 're in it for themselves,
2: yeah, so they can be considered the lone wolf in a sense themselves in a sense, yeah, yeah. But, just, but just I would say going with them i won 't say min maxing, but just trying to use everything to their advantage
0: yeah and and there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of min maxing with the um well, your power gamer is it is most often your min maxer as well, yeah, different uh potato potato, right, yeah um. How do you deal with the power gamer, Bill?
1: I set up circumstances that do not play to their strengths. So if they're, they're statted up for strength, decks and con, I will leave them puzzles. Uh, if they're the inte- intellectual, then I will put a big bad against them. Um, a lot of times they will be spellcasters as well, but there's ways to get around that as well. Numbers is one way um, resistances or another, you're going to put them in a position that does not play to their strengths. It's like, okay, you can min, you know, you can min max or you can power you up on anywhere as you want, or they're going to be pulling out magic items that they don't know how to use or will fail because they're in the wrong class or there is no attunement. So there's a lot of different ways to, to, you know, they're going to hoard stuff, Right. That hoarded stuff doesn't work for them, or or works at a lesser level where it's it's not going to be as effective as what they thought, and that's usually one of the old, one of the easiest ways. And then again, if they're they're hoarding stuff, there's always a better thief than what the PCs have. There's a way to redistribute. So you you know you wait till night. They hear a noise. Have everyone roll your perception or whatever stat in that particular game you know that you need. Your stealth, your your notice, um, and. Someone else is going to make it, usually besides your Power Gamer. Have that person notice that they they trip or they fall or, you know, they roll a die. Uh, okay, they tripped over one of the sleeping people. The stuff spills out on the game on the ground. Well, there's all that magic in them that he's been hoarding. Uh, great way to redistribute.
0: Um, and we talked about the Power Gamer in a previous podcast on five play styles you may encounter at your table. It was called the Min Maxer, but they're really
1: interchangeable terms.
0: It, it's only when they get out of control that I think really the DM has to step in. I don't know if you yeah. agree with that, Bill. No, that.
1: I, I do. I do. You know, and your min maxer is not necessarily going to get out of control, your power gamer will. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. It's the uh yeah, it, it's the next level up. All right, my, my, my min maxer has, has has reached level next level or the next tier of powers, and now he's a power gamer. Yeah, they spun a cocoon yeah. <laughs> at some point in time and came out a totally different thing.
0: Your, your power gamer, too, may have come from a table where, where it was like a DM versus player type of environment, so you really oh, had yeah. to like power game and min-max, and it was just something that was necessary for survival at, at the gaming table. If this is the case, I, I think all you really need to do is just explain to your power gamer that it's really not that type of table that you run. Right, and this behavior may stop, but if it doesn't, you may have to uh, reach a compromise. And I, I think that's just uh, it. May be as simple as throw a little, little encounters in that really let them flex their power gamer muscles. You know, it kind of satisfies their their needs, their need for that. And and usually, I think they'll they'll calm down. We have we have a power gamer at our our table, and he's not disruptive. No, Nope. no. Um, he that is his play style and i think he adds a, a he adds a great deal to the table to the
1: storyline to the play and it's nice to have him there he, he doesn't push it to the to the level of problematic no no never he he will skirt the edge a couple times
0: he'll yeah he'll dance yeah. on the razor's edge yeah. i've seen that before oh yeah he knows just he's smart he knows just <laughs> what to do yeah yep but if it's not disruptive who who cares no harm no foul
1: absolutely but again, he also knows that if he gets to that line we will we will we'll reel him in. <laughs> Bill will throw lasagna okay. at him
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: melted cheese and all,
2: so we'll move on, and then we'll move on to the class clown,
0: oh yeah. The class clown, it's that player that will take every moment to crack a joke, either in or out of character. Their intentions are most often good, wanting to lighten up the moment and enjoy the game just like everybody else. But their constant wisecracking can be a distraction to other people's ability to enjoy the game.
1: All right, this is where, as Lou mentioned earlier, um, my trick that I use to rein this specific problem player is, uh, you said it, you did it. Uh, They will get carried away with their antics and they're like, well, I'm going to walk up and uh, slap the constable because I think he's got an ugly-ass face. It's like, okay, sure. You were just witness slapping. No, 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 I, I didn't mean it in character. No, you said it. You did it. Yeah, now, I've been put on the spot before by Bill fooling around at the gaming table. <laughs> I think we all have. <laughs> now deal with it. Not every NPC has a sense of humor. Nope. Uh, nope. And it's, the crotch, the old man at the head of the table, every once in a while does not either. Especially when you're disrupting my my scenario, <laughs> most often than not. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, my my fallback on this particular one is oh, well, I use it a lot, but uh, to rein in a lot of these guys. But this one specifically is it? You said it, you did it.
2: I think it's a good house rule. I like and, it. I've and, always and enjoyed it,
1: and, it. and you'd be su- surprised at how quickly some of the other problematic characters will turn on and go. Oh, it definitely um, works. It does. It does, and you know it'll happen a few times. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, I'll deal with it. And again, I, I will use escalating circumstances to the point where I will almost never punish the player, but your PC is fair game on my table, and he will deal with escalating circumstances and repercussions to what you're doing. So you said it, you did it. A lot of times, that will reel in your your problem players. Yeah, I I think too that sometimes
0: these these uh, class clowns may um, may come from a beer and pretzels type of game, mm-hmm. which I I love. I love a a lighthearted beer and pretzels kind of game. It's it's fun, but not every game is is like that. So having the uh, having those conversations with them, hey, this isn't that kind of game that we're running right now. If that's really what what you dig, you know, we can we can certainly next go around the next campaign we could do that sort of thing or if you want to run the table we could do that and sometimes if you're if you're running running a lengthy camp campaign we can go ahead and do a a game session or two that is a little lighter yeah you know, a little, little break up yeah and that's uh that's okay i think that giving them that giving them kind of a little bit of what they're looking for will help curb that behavior hopefully it will a lot of times when i've done that that's that's what's happened and I've I've had to pull them aside and say, listen, in, in in a couple of weeks we'll we'll do something a little more your speed, but you really gotta really gotta get in, be involved and follow the scenario and stop cracking jokes. And sometimes sometimes they'll channel my inner bill and be like, That's what you said you're doing, so that's that's what's gonna happen. And and that does. I mean that's that's kinda like it's almost like taking your belt out. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but but it does. It uh it works. It oh. works real well. How about a break?
1: You um, want to? I, I need to refresh my drink. I could use a ref, refill
2: on my refreshment. Yeah, room. and we
0: need, we need a word about our sponsor as well.
2: We do. Yeah. We do. But it'll be a good time for it.
0: All right, do your techie stuff, Lou. All
2: right, we'll be back in a moment. Take away.
0: In celebration of one year of podcasting, we are holding a giveaway of epic proportions. Everything you need to get started running games. Four dice trays, 12 complete sets of dice, four crown royal bags, the D&D Essentials Kit, the D&D Starter Kit, Horde of the Dragon Queen D&D Adventure, the Young Adventurers Collection, Nerdarchies Out of the Box Encounters, Brass and Steel Steampunk Tabletop RPG, OSR Greats, The Rat Hack, Into the Odd, and White Box Fantastic Medieval Adventure Game. But that's not all. The Curse of Strahd Revamped is included as well. This complete list goes to one lucky winner in the U.S. Here's how to enter. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and leave a review. Leave a comment as well. Then, go to our Facebook page and like it. Finally, stop by our webpage thedungeonmastersdojo.com forward slash about and leave us a message once we hit 500 on each we will draw a winner you must do all three to qualify we'll see you next time in the dojo
1: And we're back. Drinks full, pretzels at the ready. Let's move on to our next point. The next point will be chaotic
2: stupid.
0: My favorite. <laughs> chaotic stupid is that player that embraces chaos and does so stupidly. They do not understand that being stupid doesn't mean you make foolish decisions, like running into a burning building after dousing yourself with oil. Certainly, you could play your character with a low intelligence and do it justice, but chaotic stupid just ruins everyone's fun. This player mistakes low intelligence for impulsivity. The two are very, very, very different things.
1: Oh, yeah, hugely different. It's when they confuse uh, intelligence and wisdom, blur it all together, and just be stupid. So as a public service
0: announcement, Bill, why don't you... uh, delineate between intelligence and wisdom.
1: Okay, Um, intelligence is your ability to learn things and grasp the concept of the consequences of what you do. Wisdom is the retention of the things you have learned. So, you can have someone with low intelligence, so they have to go over things several times before they actually grasp the concept of whatever they're trying to learn. Once they have learned it, then they will learn it. So if I put my finger over the candle flame and it hurts, ow, and then I'll do it again, ow, and I'll do it again, ow. I'm going to stop doing that because every time I do it, I get an owie. Low intelligence, you've done it three times, not once. Wisdom, you've learned not to put your finger in the candle flame.
0: I think that's a pretty good explanation for that. I've so used you, it, I've used that a
1: few times. So you could
0: you could have a
1: uh, a character with a low intelligence but a relatively high wisdom. Oh absolutely. Once they've learned it, they've learned it and they're very, very good at what they've learned. When you blur the two together and you do reckless things and in the because I have low intelligence, that's just being stupid and that's what we're talking about. The easiest way I've dealt with this is deal out damage. If they're going to do stupid things, make it hurt.
0: Yeah, play stupid games, win stupid <clears throat> prizes,
1: as the yeah. saying goes. If they put if they put their PC in harm's way, then let harm come. I, I don't know how else to tell you. said I am, as you pointed out in the very beginning, I'm a bit more draconian at how I approach a lot of these things. I am not the social worker that you are. If they have to wait for an injury or a penance to pass – for something that they've done, then maybe they'll learn that being so impulsive is a bad thing. It, again, it's another form of a timeout. So if they've done something impulsive and quote-unquote stupid, I'm going to punch the mule. Why? Because it looked at me funny. All right. So you obviously you just watched uh, Blazing Saddles, number one. Um, number two... Okay, you punch the mule. Uh, then you get beaten by the mule's owner, his two older sons, and the three neighbors that watch you all, you know, and to help him load his cart. And then they call the constable, and you get held off, and you get stuck in the jail cell. Okay, the party, more often than not, had, at this point, we're dealing with problematic people. The party's going to let you sit in the jail cell, and they're going to go do what they got to do. Yeah, I think usually your players will handle that. That problem for you very often this is the one problem character that your your other players will deal with uh you may instigate and direct and maybe direct them on how it's gonna go or you just might take it over and they're just gonna go well okay that's you they're yeah doing you and we're gonna do us i've had an entire adventuring party
0: basically fire a character from their adventuring party um and said sorry dude you're not coming with us and the player was like what he's like no you're a big pain in the ass we're gonna leave we're gonna leave Ragnar or whatever the guy's name was behind so you're 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 fired you're not coming with us yeah and they did just that
1: this particular uh player character's actions are gonna get everyone else in trouble probably more so than all the
2: others yeah yeah he causes ill consequences for the whole party. Yes, yes, it right. does. Not or just, can be, or can, I should yeah, say.
1: It, it's more likely to be ill consequences for the group as opposed to any individual, which most of these, these problematic you know players are going to basically have to deal with it themselves. But this is going to bring the ire upon the entire group more than some of the others. So, I, like I said, deal out the damage. If they're going to put their finger in the candle flame... Burn the damn finger. Hopefully
0: they'll learn.
2: The only
1: way you will learn.
0: Yeah. Usually when, when I, when I talk to the, um, the chaotic, stupid, uh, player, I almost always get the, but that's what my character would do argument. Uh, Yep. Yep. Which kind of drives me nuts. I think it's kind of like really your, that's really what your character would do. I mean, they would, they would do all all of that outlander stuff. Why? You know, where is it in the background? Um, or sometimes I won't even engage in the argument at all, and just be like, "Nope, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, we're not. <laughs> That's no, <laughs> we're not playing that game. No, we're not. We're not."
2: All right, so let's move on to the contrarian. The con- every
1: everybody.
2: <laughs> oh boy, I've
0: got, I've got some, <laughs> I've got some contrarian stories. Uh, the contrarian. Well, does the party want to go east? Do they all agree on that direction? Well, the contrarian won't. They want to go west. Why do they want to go west? Because everybody else wants to go east. Remember how you said the campaign is going to be centered around a party of all elves? Well, your contrarian is going to show up to the first game with a half-orc barbarian. Why? Because they are contrary. This drives me nuts, Bill. Yes. It drives
1: me insane. Um, This one here, I usually go hardcore right from the get-go. Fortunately, this is the one you can most often nip in the bud at session Zero. Most, do you, do you most think oftenly. so? Well, you know this person's going to be the contrarian when they show up with the half-elf barbarian from the very beginning. You can kind of tell. Even if you can't, be ready to draw the line. No, I said everyone's going to be an elf. Go build an elf. But this is what I want to play. Um, okay, you can play it somewhere else, but we said everyone's going to be an elf. Go build an elf. Draw the line right then and there. Um, it's this way or no way. I think it's not so
0: much a play style as as it is a personality trait. Oh,
1: it's definitely a personality trait.
0: You know, it's it's some folks are just they're just contrary. Uh, <laughs> Every
1: time you smile, we all know exactly. <laughs> What's going through your head? I'd be pulling my hair out if I had uh, it. Uh, just you know, all right. Let's. I mean, some concessions could be made. Sure. All right, but do it at a cost. Okay. You're going to be that that half orc barbarian, um, but unfortunately, in the situation you're in, everyone's elf for a reason. Uh, maybe it's an elven village because you're a half orc. Okay, you are now the retainer or the bodyguard for that person, but unfortunately. Since you're not an elf, you're no longer allowed to carry any weapons. Um, Deal with that. You're a bodyguard with no weapons. Okay, or you're, this is a great one for your spellcasters that decide to do this this stuff. Um, You're now a member of the retinue because you're definitely not a a member of the party. Otherwise, you would be an elf. So, uh, I'm sorry, but members of the retinue are servants, and you are not allowed to speak unless you are spoken to. And if you do speak out of turn, you will be immediately beaten by everyone in the room.
0: Again, I'll remind you about the draconian methods. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that again, I will say, character beaten, <laughs> not the
1: player. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just like I said, you need to draw draw a line in the sand. You can be a barbarian, but these are the costs of not following what we stipulated. In the beginning, before anyone made a character, you knew it, yeah. you knew it, right? So, and then you showed up with something else entirely different anyways. Great. No problem. I will let you play that character. But these are the circumstances of your actions. I'll dock experience points. I think, I think um,
0: docking experience points is almost akin to uh, giving someone a bill. you know (laughs) i like to give milestone experience points yep so the rest of the party may meet those milestones or may be focused on 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 the mission at hand but the contrarian is is going east when everybody else went went west so i won't give them the same amount of experience points that the rest of the party gets and that will usually stimulate a conversation hey i noticed i got 12 experience points yeah yeah you did why because you were halfway across the map doing something totally different <laughs> and everybody else was doing that thing that you guys got hired for oh yeah that's that's why we've been playing for 7 months and you're still second level <laughs> and and that'll usually do it they'll start to they'll start to get it you know and and you can have that conversation with them and and while you're at it it's a good time to say hey you know, you've been really disruptive with his behavior and it's not cool. I put a lot of time and effort into preparing this so that you all could have a good time. And that's one of those other things that sometimes you need to mention. Players, your your GMs put a lot of time and effort in, into putting together a a good story and a compelling story and building out an adventure for you guys to go ahead and play so that, you know, there's got to be, You know, there's got to be
1: some respect for all that time and effort that they put in. Yeah. I mean, your game master has, like you said, put all the time and effort, put together a story. I think it it boils down to respect. Yeah. you Respect your game master. Really really straight and simple. I mean, he put all this time and effort and research and wrote everything up and made maps and maybe made terrain. And then you get up there and go, "Uh, okay, I'm going to go over here.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those things. If, if you're fortunate enough to have a really good game master uh, running your table, then what they're doing is they're doing everything solely for the enjoyment of of the players. Yes, and that's very uh, selfless. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so that 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 deserves that deserves something better than. Well, that game master gets his joy out of knowing that his players are having a good time. Absolutely, that's that's where the game master gets his joy. Um, and you and I have both gone over this, um, your roles as a game master. Yeah. Um, listen to it. Listen to it. It's one of our first ones. That's where we get our joy, is knowing that everyone else is having a good time. They oh, man, that was awesome. Respect your game master. And and being the contrarian is not necessary. None of these things are necessarily respecting yeah, your game they're master. they're not. Which is why we're going over it. Which is why we're going over it, and we're help, trying to help your game, you as game masters, DMs, GMs, storytellers. Doesn't matter the system that you're playing, this this is all very very. It's cool. universal. Yeah, yeah. It, it this is all good points. So deal with you know help your game master by respecting them, and we're trying to help you control, guide, uh, advise these problematic players in in these different areas so you know i don't know what else do i gotta say
2: <laughs> not much we're gonna we're gonna move on to one of the probably least favorite subjects is the cheater yeah
0: mm. uh you know the cheater is just that it's it's the person that cheats the modify their character sheet on the fly add more gold a particular potion or scroll that they may need uh, they don't tally up hit points correctly and, and, and fudge all manner of, of, of dice rolls. I got no tolerance for this, Bill. I don't know how you feel about it, but I haven't encountered it in a while.
1: But Well, I mean, we've been lucky with our group. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I used to do a lot of RPGA, Role Playing Gaming Association, where you'd go to uh, gaming conventions and it was quite literally a, a PvP atmosphere. You would get... The cheaters, this is their favorite venue. So you learn to watch the dice. You learn to watch how they play. Um, the people that roll out the dice and scoop it up almost immediately, Yep. those are your cheaters. As a game master, you know, we're obviously we're not dealing with that particular type venue, get a car- copy of the character sheet. Get a copy of everyone's character sheet. Now, we do this a lot. You know, we, we, we have a a common uh, platform that everyone can update their characters on. More often than not, I'll sit down with them with my laptop. Okay. What do you want to do? Here's your laptop, update your character. Everyone's loaded on my laptop. So I, I have a copy right then and there and you print that out and you have it. So you know where they are. But if you don't have that option, keep notes on their hit points, their pluses, their damage tallies and watch for discrepancies okay, um, you needed to, you know, you needed a 14 to to hit this DC. And this time it came to 13, you hit him again. Well, but you needed a 14. Where did the extra plus come from? Yeah, have you been working out? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Doing a lot of push-ups. <laughs> oh, and one one of the things, a lot of times, we you know, we've talked about um, assigned seating. Put a tactician or your rules lawyer right next to him.
0: Yeah, they'll nip that in the bud, real oh, quick. Oh yeah,
1: what, what what the hell? Wait a minute, no, you rolled a twelve. That was not a fifteen. Especially your rules lawyer. Oh, they'll be all over that crap. I I had a I had a player,
0: and I and Lou was at the table, <laughs> and and I'm going to preface this by I, saying I, I know where this is going. I loved him dearly. I mean, he was you know he was a he was a part of our gaming group, and he and he was a nice guy, um, but he. He fudged every single roll, and he did exactly that thing that that you said. He'd roll the <laughs> dice and scoop that bad boy up, and it was a seventeen. Unless, of course, it was well, actually a seventeen. Uh, uh, he'd be like, "Yeah, look at it, see, look, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's legit." So we gave him, we gave him a, tw- <laughs> gave him a twenty-sided. I found the biggest twenty-sided die I could, about the size of a football. It was, it was big. It was big. So he it was sitting at the end of the gaming table, and we had like two. Two or three banquet tables. We had a big setup in our buddy Chet's basement. And he was at the very end of the uh of the gaming table <laughs> rolling this gigantic die. And he would you he, he couldn't like you couldn't, you know, you jiggle it around in your hand before you let it loose. He couldn't. He had to hold the thing with two hands. And you had <laughs> to like roll it like a tot. you know, like you roll a, a, a basketball to a toddler. And he or- could not fudge his rolls. Yep. You couldn't palm the die, it was too big, so I was like you ain't picking that up. No, you got you got a 12. And guess why you have the
1: monster yeah, die? Yeah, why you have training wheels on know. your dice because we know Yeah, the the cheaters a little tough. Invest
0: um, invest in a big die. It's got a big d20. It's going to come in handy. If you could get a massive set of dice, uh you may have to carry it around in a rucksack instead of a crown royal bag, but do it.
1: <laughs> it's well worth it. Now, I have called these people out and said, listen, um, you're picking up your die before anyone sees it. I didn't see that roll. Roll it again. Yep. What? Um, no, but I, ro- I I rolled a 16. I didn't see a 16. I didn't see anything. The damn thing didn't stop moving before you picked it up. Or they roll before you even ask for a roll. Yes, they'll roll yep. before you ask for a roll, and they go, oh, I got, I didn't ask for and a roll. And they'll save them up.
0: Yep. Yeah, but I, I got a, uh I got four 20s, yeah, and, it'll, it'll and they'll sit- throw a low one in there. I got a 10.
1: Yeah, it'll sit out in front of him for five minutes. Oh, I already rolled. This is my, my no, thing. No, you didn't?
0: Yeah, an hour ago I did.
1: Uh, I, I will make them I make all rolls witnessed by someone next to them or by me. If I didn't see it rolled, then the roll didn't count.
0: I think it's always good to have some dialogue with, with the player, too, because they may not yeah. necessarily be cheating. It may be a matter of they they don't have a really good grasp on the rules. And that's yeah, that's yeah. different. Yeah, I'm that's gonna,
2: different. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to think it's more for a lot of people's uh, an inferior inferiority complex. Yes, thank you, Bill. You're welcome. One too many drinks. <laughs> um, so you know, I think that's what it is you know everybody does. Everybody does better than me. I need to up the ante and be equal with them.
1: Um, yeah, it, you, know, you know, something. This, yeah, that's a very very valid point. It, it yeah, is, but yeah, I, that is a good. They, point. they really
2: don't. They don't realize that they're taking a lot of the fun away, not from just the
1: table but from themselves there's just i can't say there's just but there's a lot of enjoyment in failed roles there yeah there i was is. gonna correct you i was gonna yes. say no bill
0: there is not but, just the, as much enjoyment I, from I, someone who's dice <laughs> habitually roll low <laughs> it's not just enjoyable Well,
1: see i don't i don't have to deal with that yeah. so
2: <laughs> but it, it is funny sometimes <laughs> to see what happens when Something goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. It, it,
1: yeah, it makes for an interesting well outcome. It does if you have a good storyteller at yes. the head of the table yeah. that takes that and and rolls the consequence into something that is not necessarily deadly all the time. It, it you know, or, or you fumbled, you fell. Okay, you went head first into the pile of a horse crap. Yeah, something. Okay, you know, I, I didn't just. Oh, I dropped my weapon. No, you didn't drop your weapon. You slipped. You fell. You went headfirst onto the ground. No, you still have your weapon. It's in your hand, but now you're prone, face first in a pile of horse crap.
0: And and you know what? Poop jokes,
2: guys. Poop jokes.
1: Comedic or, gold. Oh, yes. Comedic, comedic gold. gold. Yeah. It's, it's a, like the fart joke. You can yeah, okay. never go wrong
2: with poop jokes. Scott's been p- part of those for a long time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's been a lot of headlong dives into piles of poop. <laughs> you name it: bugbear poop, horse poop, donkey poop, well, dragon poop. Those I, are I, big.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna go one the story even a little deeper where we had a, our monk. Bill remembers this. Oh. We were fighting a giant, and the giant had turned around. Yes, and he said, "I'm gonna punch the giant." And fumbled so bad, his head went up the giant's ass.
0: <laughs> That's a bad day. <laughs>
2: That's a bad day. That's a bad day. Not and
0: and whose bad day is it? Both parties involved. Both parties involved. Yeah, yep, because the- I'm sure the giant wasn't ready for that tactic. <laughs> but
2: the whole thing, the player, Marcus. Yes. He enjoyed that scenario, that visual so much. It it, it lasts, well, he talked about that the whole night. Oh, for weeks yep. he yes. was still laughing
1: about it. Because
2: that's only where something else can happen.
0: Yeah. It's uh but really, I mean,
1: you, you, I have
0: very let's very low tolerance for the cheater. It's like you're sucking the fun out of the game for everybody. Right. And, everybody.
1: And, and more for themselves. They well, just don't realize es- it.
0: Especially for themselves, themselves Lou. Right. Especially for themselves.
1: So the, call them out, but don't do it across the table. Don't embarrass them. That Just make it worse. Pull them aside say, dude. I think you're right. You know, we, i I seen you roll a couple of die. I've seen the numbers, and they were not the same ones you told me. I, I just, need, I just need you to. Who just, are you? You just, what? You just said
0: call him out, but don't do it in front of everybody. Okay. I was like, I wasn't ready for that.
2: <laughs> he
1: has a soft side sometimes. Where? Yes. I have
2: S- somewhere I, where you are yeah, not. He's looking. sitting on it right now. Yeah. I,
1: I have one feeling, okay, and every <laughs> once in a while I dig it out of the box from under the bed.
2: <laughs> Let it see a little sunshine. Okay, so we're going to move on to probably the most, (laughs) one of the most, I would say, controversial topics because everybody talks about this one a lot. Yeah, the murder hobo. Yeah,
0: the murder hobo solves all problems with violence, even if it isn't a problem. Need a horse? Murder hobo will steal it and kill people too. Don't feel like paying for your meal at the tavern? The murder hobo will kill the tavern keeper and his wife and children and brother, and nieces, and nephews, and will merrily go down the line, slaying whoever he feels needs to be slain for a pint of ale. Lou brought something up that was really, really thought-provoking.
1: Yes, it was. It caught us both off guard. Yeah.
0: And uh, so why don't, why don't from a player's perspective, having dabbled in a little, little mur- murder-hoboing yourself, <laughs> from a player's perspective, share w- what... With, with with the audience, what you shared with with, I, I think built. in a
2: lot of cases, murder hobo or hoboing, is the cause of the lack of um, consequence from the GM. A lot of GMs will just let it go on. It it becomes almost um, contagious through the whole party. So if your GM or DM doesn't say anything this one time, now you got player one and player two doing the same thing, and it can actually end up being the whole party becomes a murder hobo. Why? Because sometimes your GM doesn't give out consequences.
0: Yeah, and that's a really, really, really good point. Yeah. you know, so one of the one of the things I always think of is someone hired the party. Maybe you know, mm-hmm. someone hired the party to do something. So they're not the only adventuring party out there. So if you got all these 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 adventurers just murder hoboing their way through the landscape, people are going to get fed up. And they're going to hire their own adventuring party to go murder hobo the murder hobos. Yes, and then, then you run into problems because maybe you will be up against a party that has a lot more experience and levels and stuff than your party, and you know it's it's time to pay the piper,
1: so to speak. Yes, um, the easiest way to uh, the, the one way I deal with it: you reap what you sow. I've mentioned in a previous episode that I had a a single player that was doing the murder hobo bit and got caught and went in the party was not happy with them. So they, he got caught, went to jail, got his stuff taken away and got led to the gallows. And the executioner said, is there anyone that's going to speak for this person? And no one in the party said a word. And this person was hung. They were killed. Public display. And, the party. and he's like, well, you, you know, I know you, and I know you, and I know you. you, you I'll, I'll pay you back. I'll do this. I'll do this. And they all just sat there and smiled at him.
2: Well, that's called just consequence sometimes. Yeah. You, you reap what you sow. All out of I, curiosity, I,
0: though, before you go on, Bill, what, what's yes. the damage on a hanging for, for GMs that might be curious out there? <laughs> How'd you handle that? Did you just go, and you're hung and
2: dead? Well, it depends on what kind of hanging you're talking about. I would think there's the long hanging and the short hanging.
0: This is true. I didn't know that there were different varieties <laughs> oh, of hanging. Oh yes. Yes, how, yes! How grim
1: the the long hanging, it, the yes. long hanging is almost instantaneous. It's yep. Snap of the neck. Um, you're probably looking at five d10, um, and then a save for strangulation.
0: And the short hanging, I assume, is
1: what longer. It's two d10 damage and uh, a repeated rolls for strangulation every every round. And I and you. every round you drop by you drop by one or two. So it becomes more and more difficult to to survive it, and but unless you can find a way out of it, you're you're still going to get hung. It just becomes more painful. Well, I and, think we know drawn which, out.
0: which one Bill went with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Either way, you end up dead, but you don't have to go to those extremes. I mean, you can do like uh, while an investigation goes on, you basically are stuck in a in a cell. Or you're restricted from carrying any weapons. Um, You've been watched. You're constantly watched. So if you borrow a weapon from somebody else, that goes against you. uh, And like I said, then there's plain old good old-fashioned execution.
0: I think the other thing, too, for GMs to realize is um, the city guard. You know, I always like to think of city guard as um, not just like a farm boy that decides, hey, I'm going to join the city guard. But as kind of a retirement community for seasoned soldiers, you know, so maybe you served in the military, and you've been on more than more than a few campaigns, and then you uh, you decide before you collect your pension, you're going to move out of the uh, out of the soldiering life and and, and be a city guardsman and, until you get get to that retirement age. So you're you're not necessarily running up against level one uh, city guardsmen, but maybe. Level 7, level 8, level 9, people that have been seasoned. Thank you.
1: I do that all the time with my city guard. There is always – I don't think there's much of my city guard that's level – anything less than level 3 in in my city guard, anywhere you go. And it goes up from there. And you're right. Level 6, level 7, there are very, very seasoned combatants in the city guard for exactly that reason. The city guard you do not trifle with in my world. Not only that, you know, sometimes the city guard will – Higher out, higher level adventurers to oh, deal yeah. with this issue if they can't. Yeah. Oh, did, here's this like yo quote unquote hero that's coming in and wreaking havoc. Yeah. All right, we we don't even want to deal with it. We're just gonna find someone better.
0: Yep. I got a couple buddies that were in special forces that are farmers now, so maybe I'll I'll throw them like fifteen gold each to go. Uh, yeah. Go whack these adventurers causing problems, and you know now
1: you're dealing with. Yeah, they went through the demon wars and were generals. Yeah. And now they decided to retire because they were given all this land as, as a thank you for their service. And they're out there, like, doing potatoes and and peppers. Okay, great. They're still, f- like, 12th, 13th, 14th level fighters. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'm sure they'd be happy with 40, 50 gold yep. to deal with this issue. Yeah, and so keep that in mind. Your city guard
0: don't have to be, you know, slouches, and they shouldn't be, right? Uh, if if you have a big enough city, and someone's going to be there to guard it, then yeah. why would you have a bunch of
1: level one people? Yeah, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have just a bunch of teenage kids. No and the city guard or some ninety-year-old dude. There, there's your city guard should not be trifled with. Oh, they should be like you said. There should be a range of levels. Oh, there's there a there. range of levels yeah. there, and they will reach up and. The sergeant may not necessarily be the best fighter there. The lieutenant in charge of your city guard may not be the best fighter there. It, well, it may be it, the, it's the, the a beat gu- cop, so oh, to yeah. speak. Yeah, it's, it's the guy over there that runs the crank for the portcullis. Yep. And then not only that, you got the your new recruits wanting to prove themselves, so they're going to go out there at full steam as well. Yep. So, yeah, don't trifle with the city guard and drag their butts to jail and make them pay for for their, their actions. Reput you so? Yeah, I I have cut off many a finger in hand for actions that the murder hobo has done. Not mine.
0: Characters, characters, <laughs> <players>. characters,
2: characters, <laughs> not players. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not mine. <laughs> well, there's been a couple of players that came close, but Scott has nine digits. <laughs> I
1: have a yeah. Sword Gollum collection. bit one off.
0: And
1: <laughs> 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 All right, so I, I you got anything else for us Lou
2: um, no I think we you know we'll just you know avoiding problems and, and problem players and you know you guys pretty much went through everything
1: well I'm no there's a couple other things all right avoiding problems avoid them before you even start house rules it's the
2: best way to do it is house to rules.
1: avoid them house rules talk to them and explain what they're what, what's going on and what they're doing is a problem all right you know you set your house rules on session zero this is what we're going to be doing. This is what is expected. You can notice these these actions ahead of time. Tell them right now it's a problem, but be firm and don't rely on threats. You want to explain to them, despite everything I've said, um, don't rely on threats. Right? Those, everything I did was for a consequence. Uh, explain that everyone is there to have fun, not just that one player. I, I think... What also needs to be
2: kept in mind, for at least from the GMs, DMs side, pretty much this whole thing today was themed on consequence, if you really think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And the G- DMs, especially for your, like your murder hobos, they need to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Consequence is their responsibility. If they're not yep. going to dish it out, then they shouldn't complain about what happens. Right.
1: And, yep. Yep. Right. Uh, if, if you're going to murder the poor woman on the general store because she charged you three gold for a 10-gold 10 tent. Yeah. Yeah, you are dragged to the ground by the other patrons of that business and hauled off to the constable. Okay, deal with it. It's just, it's just. I think setting
0: the the earlier you set those expectations, the better. Like even maybe before your session zero, but be like, hey, this is the kind of this is the kind of game I like to run. You know, when people are like, hey, here you you play. Can I sit on your table? Because they're. I've noticed there seems to be a a shortage of of, of GMS. You know, we're kind of like the Tasmanian tigers, where <laughs> you know maybe there's there's a couple of us out in the wild, but fading away. Yeah, for the most part, we're we're endangered or extinct. Um, I'm using my stripes to hide amongst
1: the rocks.
0: Yeah, so having those people will approach you and be be like hey i hear you 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 uh i've actually had people say that hey man i hear you run a mean game of dnd and um i say of course
1: <laughs> and
0: but let them know what kind of what kind of gm you are yes kind of dm you are up, up front you know this is you're more than welcome and i think everybody should be more than welcome at at, at someone's table got to give everyone a chance yeah well, give them a that's chance that's that's to prove themselves arms.
1: That's how you learn. Yeah, absolutely. Different different play styles, and like we said, and and almost every one of these different styles of problematic players, we've said pull them aside and talk to them. Well, I pull them aside and talk to them. I
2: think with uh, with that said, all of these styles, at one point or another, somebody's gonna go through them all because that's how they learn. Yes, When, when they first come onto the table.
1: They if, don't know any. If better. they're inexperienced, or like Scott has mis- mentioned yep. a number of times, they yes. come from another table where this is the style that that table has been, yeah. you know, activated yep. at. Then, oh, oh, there, there's other ways. Yeah, well,
2: it's up to you mm-hmm. guys and to the players to help curate all these new players not to fall into
1: these bad tropes. A- absolutely,
0: yeah. uh, and I, and I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's one of those those things where. I think if you want the hobby to go on, we're fortunate in that we're experiencing kind of like a renaissance in, in Dungeons and Dragons.
1: It's, Very
2: much so. Yeah, more mainstream than it's ever, ever been. Ever well, been. Well, I, th- well, I think it is because my daughter, she, you know, she's, Dad, can we play d and I got some friends who want to play D&D.
1: Well, really? Well, main mainstream on a positive note. Yes. when right, I yes. went through it mainstream, it was, was on a, a negative, yeah. a negative note. We were worshipping
2: Satan,
0: yes, and yes. and and boiling baby fat to make flying potions.
1: Yeah, oh, you remember yes. that movie too? Don't oh, you? the <laughs> Satanic, panic. the Warlock. Yes, yep. I I enjoyed that time. I did too. I, tor- I was- tormented people um, for still, real, not just, just the player characters. Still does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I mean and if nothing else works, if nothing else works. All right, it boils down to breaking up is hard to do. All right, when is it time to let the problem players go? Yeah,
0: um, yeah, when shit just isn't going right. You know, it's and that's the worst part of it. It is. You've you've had these discussions and you've talked to them over and over again, and we've encountered that. We have, and and fortunately, the problem has kind of cured itself. Uh, and th- and that was good because for us, yeah, yeah. When you look at it, is like who's at who's at your gaming table? Okay, um, I, I Lou, I've been friends with him for the thirty some odd years longer than I haven't been. Um, Jared and all these other guys that have been my friends forever. When you have to kind of when you have to break up <laughs> with your D and D player, it's a breakup. It is. It's, it's yeah. hard because it's 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 a difficult conversation to have. Because that's your friend, you know. So how do you have that conversation? It's well, very for you, tricky. for
1: you, it's easy. Just pretend it's the next wife <laughs> or that you're firing <laughs> your friend, I'm taking a beating. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it it's not easy. It's not. I mean, sometimes it's just not a good fit. Plain and simple, it's just not a good fit. That yeah. the, the person that came to your table, their pers- you know, their personality, their ideology. The way they game play does not fit with your group. It's it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen.
0: And, and I think that's the best way to say it, Bill, is that yeah. it's just not a good fit. And that doesn't mean, you know, hey, you're a jerk, man, and we don't like you, but it's not a good fit. No, no, you need to be empathetic.
2: No, but, but I think it happens on both ways. You know, we had a couple players who came and said, oh, well, your table's not really a fit for me. Um, but yeah. they, left on the, they broke it up on their own. Yes. Um, but th- we've been fortunate. I don't, f- well, maybe we had one person where we said, we really don't want you to come back. Yeah. We're kind of, sort of, you know, we left it open-ended. For it was them. a mutual agreement. Yes. Um, I but mean, we've been but, but lucky some, with that.
1: But yet you have to be, sometimes you just have to do it. You pull them aside. Uh, you need to be empathetic, but you need to be firm. But when do you do it? At what point?
0: I think after we? everybody at the table is in, in agreement. I wouldn't want to, yeah. like break up with a player or fire a player you know <laughs> without without first speaking to everybody at the table individually
1: yes you know yeah, don't don't there. do it in mass do it individually
0: yeah. and i think you get a more honest honest opinion from people when it's individually not because people are being dishonest
2: but just because Nobody wants to look like a dick. Well, they're being so, influenced by the people around them. So what you're yeah. saying is take a consensus at a table, and if that one person doesn't fit and everybody agrees with it, then yeah. it's time to break up. So the, it's not the – or it shouldn't be, in most cases I'll say, the, just the DMs. Right, no, and it, it shouldn't be. There's other players be, at the it, table. If,
1: if, the, if the players at the table say, no, 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 I can deal with it, then you as the game master, it's your responsibility to find a way around it. Try to Try to – remold them. Re, you know well that and accommodate like say we've mentioned earlier accommodate their strengths try to pull them back by not catering to their strengths uh, there's you know, we've gone over a different couple different varieties of ways of handling this but if the consensus of the table is yeah it's just not gonna work then uninvite them all right you know, I mean don't yeah. be an ass about it yeah I mean yeah you know, that's I important say, yeah be be empathetic say listen right, right now it's not a good fit they might want to come back and prove themselves later on that they can play well with others all right so don't all right get the hell out you're being an s o b no one likes you no one's ever going to like you go away yeah do it before don't, it gets to that point yeah don't do that all right yeah exactly be preemptive do this beforehand and say, listen, right now it doesn't work. You, maybe you need to go to another table. Go to another group, all right? But right now it's not working, all right? So it'd probably be best before anyone gets all pissed off, before someone says or does something that's going to be, you know, irreversible, I think you need to move on.
0: Yeah, and if someone does or if the majority of the table says, hey, no, you know, I think I think we could work with them. They'd be like okay. Figure I it took out. A, I took a consensus. Everybody seems to think that we can still work with this player, and this is when you have it at the group setting. Which one of you all is going to mentor them at the
1: table? Yes. And who's going to sit next to him and, and to tap him on the shoulder on the, on the arm and going, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, uh, lean over and whisper. You need to leave your dice on the table so people can see it or stop, you know, tone it down. Yeah. Stop getting out there. And all right, this is not a stage. You are not a performer, right? This is not the, a comedy show for just for you. Um, you know, so if you got someone that's willing to step up and sit next to them and kind of coach them and if they're willing to be coached, yep.
0: And that's key too. They have yeah. to be willing have to, to be, be coached. Willing.
1: It's like, yeah, okay, I get it, but I mean, that's just the way I've always done it, and I'm, I'm not really good at, you know, playing sandbox. Okay, then I'm going to give you a monitor. Right,
2: yeah, but I think the way you just said that, I think most people would want to be coached. Um, they, they want to play.
1: Yep. or else they wouldn't. You would hope so.
2: you, you would hope so. Yep. but I, I think that's what most people would really say. Okay, I'm going to try to fix this. Yeah. I like this table. I'm but, here. But
1: there's going to be the few. No, that's the way I game and you deal with it. Yes. Yeah. No. I, you know how I deal with it? You were uninvited. Yeah. Don't come back next week. And, and, and it's bad. I mean, you never want to lose somebody. But, you know, that's sometimes that's the way it's got to be. Okay. So in conclusion, every group is going to eventually have a player that just doesn't fit. When you see behavior that is beginning to be disruptive, pull that player aside Explain that their actions are detracting from everyone else's gaming experience. Try some of our suggestions, pull them back in line. But if these options don't work, be prepared. Suggest that they find another group to game with. It's tough to lose a game and a player, but it's worse to lose the group. That's going to conclude this episode.
2: Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us on Facebook at The Dungeon Masters Dojo, or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you, and have a good day.